What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, uh, hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Double J here again. That's J-E, double F, J-A, double R, E, double T. That's double J, Jeff Jarrett. Got my driver here, Billy Ray Brooks. Brought me down here today in my vintage 68 Cadillac. You know, fine cars are like fine wine. They just seem to get better with age. Isn't that right, Billy Ray? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. You know, old Double J here, he takes care of his property. Unlike the corrupt country music business. You know, they say proof's in the pudding. Well, I got the pudding right here. Take a look. Uh -huh. Here it is. The finest example of the corrupt country music business. The Ryman Auditorium, home of the Grand Ole Opry. Well, look at this place. Graffiti on the walls. This place is run down. It's in shambles. It's condemned. Well, this place is dead. Just like two of the greatest country music stars ever to play on that stage in there, right here on this stage. Conway Twitty, why he's dead and buried. Oh Lord, and another guy, George Jones. He's still breathing all right, but his career's been dead for years. Oh, neither one of them guys could sing. Oh, unlike Double J here. Speaking of death, hey Billy Ray, what's that dead boy's name in the WWF? Undertaker. Yeah, The Undertaker. This place reminds me of The Undertaker. Dead, decrepit, run down, in shambles. Undertaker boy, I'm gonna use you and I'm gonna use the WWF. And when I get done, oh, after it's all said and done, they're gonna rename the WWF. That's right, they're gonna rename it the Double JF. Oh, that's right. And then they're gonna come back here 
That's right. Look at this sign. It's not going to say Ryman Auditorium. It's not going to say Home of the Grand Ole Opry. It's going to say the Double J Auditorium. That's right. The home of the greatest country music singer that ever lived. That's right. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> oh, Double J. That's Double J. J-E. Double F. J-A. Double R. E. Double T. That's Double J. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Brought to you today and powered by the WWE Network. Head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and start your one-month free trial of the WWE Network, courtesy of your friends here at the two-man power trip of wrestling. And that can include the just-added all-star wrestling content from the classic library of the WWE, featuring such stars as superstar Billy Graham, the Wild Samoans, Bruno Sammartino, and Chief J Strongbow. It's all going down on the WWE Network, and you can get over there right now and take advantage of our one-month free offer, which will include WrestleMania 34. So subscribe today and sit back and relax and enjoy some classic all-star wrestling content. So if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner here on the two-man power trip of wrestling, the one and only John Paz. And if this is the first time you're getting the chance to listen to this show, I just want to say welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling, where every single Friday you get brand new original episodes and original interviews conducted by John and myself with a veritable who's who in the world of professional wrestling, whether it's a good friend of ours that we've made over our three years on the show or it's somebody that we have gone into the deepest, darkest parts of our Rolodex to pull them out of. You never know who's going to be on the line here with the two-man power trip of wrestling. And this show, this episode particularly, is going to be a great example of that as we welcome in two guests for the price of one, quite possibly our biggest episode ever. As first, we're going to welcome in a great friend of the show and somebody that we are so happy to celebrate his WWE Hall of Fame induction as Jeff Jarrett is returning to the program. But as well as you saw it when you downloaded the episode, I'm sure you're in quite the shock as we were when we scheduled it. And you know who it is. It's David Arquette joining us for the second half of this episode to discuss the infamous and the, the title reign that will forever go down in history as one of the most controversial moves in the history of the pro wrestling industry. And we're going to cover it from pillar to post on this episode, this gigantic double episode featuring two former WCW champions. And yes, folks, I can say that with a smile on my face because, hey, say what you want. David Arquette still held the, uh, the 10 pounds of gold. If you will. So we're going to get into all of the David Arquette stuff a little bit later on in the show. We're almost going to treat this like it is two separate episodes, but you're getting two interviews here from the two-man power trip for the price of one. And we're going to kick it off with Jeff Jarrett. And what an awesome time this was to bring back Jeff Jarrett to the show. A guy who I'm sure John's going to give us a little bit more of the history lesson when it comes to our relationship with him. But somebody that we've been able to interview a few times on the show, but we've never been able to talk 
talk about the WWF slash WWE. It's always been the project that Jeff is working on at the time. And whether it was when he was headed to New Japan for the first time to recruit for Global Force Wrestling, or whether it was when we were actually promoting Global Force Wrestling's uh, Northeastern tour that they were doing last time we talked to Jeff, it was always something else that really you didn't want to go back and dwell on the WWE because of the way they had parted ways. And there was always that little murmur of controversy between Vince and Jeff that they weren't on good terms and that they weren't ever going to reconcile and, and you're never going to see Jeff Jarrett back in the fold in the WWE. But it was Vince McMahon who said anything can happen in the WWE. And obviously it has because Jeff Jarrett with my baby tonight, Double J, the flashing lights, everything is back in the WWE memory. It's all coming back to us now. We had forgotten it because they had basically written Jeff Jarrett out of history, but he's back now and he is going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame this coming WrestleMania weekend. And for the two of us, we're very happy for him. We've gotten the chance to meet Jeff in person and introduce ourselves. And, and still, even the stuff he says in the episode is exactly what he said to us in person. So it's really cool to put this together and to get Jeff back on. And this is not any kind of vanity interview for us. This is for Jeff to celebrate his career in the WWE on the two-man power trip of wrestling platform. And we were very happy to do so. So, John, as I welcome you in here now, talk about, if you can, a little bit of the history between us and Jeff Jarrett, as well as some of the highlights we have in this episode. Like I said, we haven't been able to talk about the WWF tenure of Double J with him at all. So I'm going to hand it over to you. But what I'm going to ask you to do is please throw it on over to the Jeff Jarrett interview right after you're done giving us some talking points. And then after the Jeff Jarrett interview is over, we are going to come back and we are going to dive deep into to it we are going to get into the david arquette interview but first john tell us a little bit more about double j yes chad you said that right and we're back here at the two-man power trip for the biggest episode in the history of our show in the history of the three plus years of our show this is the biggest episode and of course it includes one of our favorite guests if not our favorite guest the now WWE hall of famer jeff jarrett and of course he was a former WCW World Champion, as was the second part, the second episode, the two-for-one, if you will, the iconic, the Hollywood star, the big actor himself, David Arquette, was also a former WCW Champion. So this is a huge championship issue, if you will, of the two-man power trip, and possibly our biggest episode, well, I say it is our biggest episode ever. Now, Obviously, we're going to start it off with Double J, Jeff Jarrett, then we're going to head it off, and we're going to go to Mr. David Arquette. But first and foremost, got to stick on Jeff, and he plays a huge role, and we talk about it just briefly in the interview, but he plays a huge role in the history of our show. First ever interview we ever did was with Jeff Jarrett. He basically set it off. He basically was nice enough to do the interview with us, kind of put us over, and put us on the map. And, and that's just something the two-man power trip, Chad and, and myself, we will never forget. And just He will go on down the lore of, of TMPT, and we were always a huge fan. We always loved Jeff, and that just makes us love Jeff even further because he does do that interview. You know, who knows what happens? We probably, you know, don't even get anywhere, you know, as far as interviews or anywhere what we want to do in the business. It led to some huge interviews. Bruno San Martino, Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes. It led to um, some phone calls from WB, from Kevin Dunn's office, from Kevin Dunn himself. Obviously, we had an interview with Jerry McDivitt, who's Vince McMahon's personal lawyer. We've had some Arn Anderson, Jerry Briscoe. I mean, it's just so many huge names. Kane, Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles. I mean, I just 
the list can go on and on forever. It just was just huge, huge stuff that we've been able to accomplish and been able to pull off ever since the Jeff Jarrett interview. And I said it, and Chad, you say it as well. He was the one that set it off. We were able to do live events. We were able to do live Q&As. We were able to do our own conventions. And we can't really do any of that without Jeff putting us on the map, putting us over. So, Jeff, thank you again for that. And you will go down in the history of TMPT as one of the greats and the first. So we absolutely love him. Now, speaking of this episode, yes, it's the biggest episode ever. And Jeff Jarrett is now, that's right, a WWE Hall of Famer. You never thought it would happen, but Double J... J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T is now in the WWE Hall of Fame. And it's pretty amazing that he was able to do the all the crazy things in his career. Sticking specifically on the WWF. IC champion six times. You know, multiple tag team champions. He was a um, European champion. He did it all in the WWF. And he really, really deserves it. And I think the real high watermark may be the, one of the greatest songs in the history of songs with My Baby Tonight. Listen to it, and I dare you to try to not get it stuck in your head. It's, it's that good of a song. I absolutely love it. In this interview, we do basically stick to the WWF. We talk all things Vince McMahon, talk all things the WWE Hall of Fame. Obviously, like I just mentioned, if you will, we dig deep in the with my baby tonight song and how it's really become huge all of a sudden if if you haven't really noticed the itunes charts or anything like that with my baby tonight is actually climbing in the charts and it's becoming a highly highly downloaded song so really go to itunes check that out youtube wherever you got to go listen to that song you will absolutely love it and you will get it stuck in your head obviously we talk about his history with the ic euro tag championships we give a, a great look at his run there in the WWF. We get to look at who might be his inductor in the Hall of Fame as he gets inducted. He's just one of those guys, and we talked about it in the interview, he gives people a chance. We mentioned that with TNA. He gave AJ Styles a chance. He gave Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe, just to name a few, and look where those guys are today, and he's just a great guy, and I can kind of equate that in a much smaller role to what he did for us. So if you know Jeff Jarrett, you know what a great guy is, and he really gives people chances, and he really lets people kind of you know, develop. And he's one of those guys, he's just an all-around great guy. I mean, there's nothing you could say bad about him. Absolutely love Jeff. And when you meet him in person, when he's doing these autograph signings, just go talk to him. He's so friendly. He, he's just, you know, he, he's larger than life. He's just a great guy. I absolutely love a Double J. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a little bit of Double J. After Double J, stick around because you will hear the Hollywood icon himself, David Arquette.
right, let's get it going here. All right, well, joining us on the line tonight is a man making his return to the two-man power trip. Whether he knows it or not, he's been there since the beginning, being the first ever interview that we ever published. But it is our absolute honor to welcome back in a, a new-to-be WWE Hall of Famer, the one and only Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, thank you so much for coming back with the two-man power trip. I, I, as I, thanks, guys, for having me on. And I do recall in uh, the email or what, what have you that I was the first. So uh, it's hard to do a first in this business, but that's pretty cool. I was y'all's first guest. So thanks for having me back. I guess I didn't screw it up too much the first time around. <laughs> no way. Absolutely. You, uh, you're somebody that whenever something goes on, we always like, well, what can we get? When can we find a way to get Jeff Jarrett back on the show? And, and I can't tell you how happy John and I are for you, just from the perspective of, of getting to meet you at the shows and the conventions and doing the interviews with you and, and seeing your journey over the last couple of years. It is so awesome to see you back in the fold with WWE. I can't imagine what you're thinking, but Jeff, how does it feel to now be getting into the WWE Hall of Fame? Surreal. Uh, I've said this on a couple of interviews that I've done, and, and, and you know, uh, the, the PR and the press that's come with it's been quite overwhelming. But, you know, when I first got the call, it was, without question, uh, a surreal moment. I was shocked. I was surprised and then incredibly humbled and, and, and grateful. And, and now that we're, you know, uh, several weeks uh, in, into uh, the announcement and, and, and you know, I, I knew in January and then it wasn't announced till February 19th, I think was the date. So uh, since that time, it's just been... Um, uh, it's been it's been crazy in a good way, and and like I said, the, the press that's come with it has been pretty overwhelming, and 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 just everything that goes with it. I went to the Predators game last week, and and uh, that was really cool. You know, j just uh, every step of the way. I have never been a guy to look in the rearview mirror, uh, and uh, but this has sort of forced me to sort of pause and reflect on my career, and uh, have to, I guess I'm forced to talk about it. And I'm. I'm not talking about something that's going to happen. It's it's past tense, so that's new for me. And uh, I'm you know I'm enjoying the ride, so to speak. Now that it's so cool, and I will say, out of all the times that we've been able to interview you, we've never really delved into the WWE, the WWF, because we kind of felt like everything you were working on at that time is the focus, and we never want to go back and dwell on the past or talk about past things that might have gone on. But now we get to. Brace the past. We get to honor that history that you have because at one point in the WWF, if you were looking at the quote bad guy, you were looking at the heel, you were looking at Double J, Jeff Jarrett, the country music star. Is it nice to get back into that fold and now be referred to again here officially as Double J? Uh, you know, it's one of those things that's been, um, you know, uh, uh, guys that have known me for a long time and back in those days, you know, they, they, to this day, they call me double J lots of guys. Uh, so, um, that stuck with me. And, and, uh, as a kid, sometimes I was called JJ. Uh, but when double J, uh, came on the scene in 93, uh, it, it certainly stuck. And so, uh, no, but, but, you know, talking about, um, I just did an interview this morning, uh, talking about the song with my baby tonight and, and just how that thing has, I don't want to say exploded, that may be too, too far, but man, it, it's like college baseball games, hockey games it was played at. It's played at uh, other hockey uh, NHL arenas uh, across the country. It's uh, There's a station over in Arkansas that's got it on their playlist, and, and I hear there's more. Uh, but no, it's it, it just, you know, the Double J persona and, and the country music and, and everything that went with it. It's in um, the vignettes and, and 
you know, there's a lot of new fans that are just being sort of uh, introduced to that. And it's just a lot of fun to hear their reaction and, and uh, you know, whether it be social media or whether it be a, a, a radio interview. And I've done lots of radio interview across the country uh, or, or podcast. And I've done several over in the United Kingdom. It's fun to hear uh, uh, people talk and, and get their opinions and get their reactions maybe uh, on the Double J uh, character and everything that went with it. Oh, the strut, the flashing lights, everything, the gold tooth, everything that went about with Double J at that point. I mean, it was such a hateable character. I mean, I got to be quite honest. As, <laughs> as being a you know a fan during that period, I mean, not to say I was uh, I was a huge Jeff Jarrett fan and, and was one of those people that were actually looking for with my baby tonight as it was uh, said to be released in stores at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but and I hate to admit that, but you know the fact is that we get to hear these songs again. We get to see the clips. Is, is there anything that you've seen in WWE replaying some of this footage that really sticks out to you as as a moment you really remember from that time in that first run as Double J? Well, I, I remember while we're on it. I remember specifically um, it was uh, at the end of a run that we went and shot that uh, uh, video, um, and it was it was it literally was. I want to say um, it was a Monday. I, I don't remember the specific day, but I remember that, that when I landed, uh, I don't know, noon, one o'clock, wherever I was coming from, is that we pretty much went to the studio and shot those first scenes. Uh, uh, and, and then we did the, the live performance and then we shot some more scenes. It was a it was a long, 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 long day. So seeing that video again and, and, and watching it all the way out, uh, that. Uh, certainly sort of brought back memories. And then there's there's been a couple of things here and there that people have posted. The guitar shot on Moolah uh, what was, was something that got a lot of buzz uh, way back then. Um, you know, the, the, the match with China, uh, obviously the, 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 my friendship with Owen, um, me and Sean, me and Razor at the time, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, uh, just it brought back that whole uh, a lot of memories from that and um you know that was a, that was a lot of fun you know I've, I, on instagram i'm posting a picture a year the, you know per year in the month of march and 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 you know getting into the wwf times uh lots of memories came up and different matches and, and all that kind of stuff so it's been fun to reminisce a lot uh i guess i have an excuse to reminisce uh <laughs> if that makes sense but uh you know, not any one particular moment, just that, that time and era uh, of, of getting to the WWF. And, and you know, I, I'd worked in my family's promotion for seven years and went to Japan and went to uh, Puerto Rico and, and down in Texas and all that. But, you know, when Double J arrived in the WWF in, in nine, end of 93, uh, that, was, uh, that, that was a lot of fun, a lot of work, a lot of travel. Uh, but that was uh, part of it. Now, when the big push came and, and you won the Intercontinental title and, and they paired you with Brian James, who's also known as the Road Dog, and at that time was the Roadie, that seven, eight months that you guys were paired together, I mean, was some of the best, you know, bad guy work I think we had seen up to that point in the WWF because you guys played really well off each other. And what is that like to kind of be reunited with, uh, with Brian James again here as joining the Hall of Fame and Brian James being such an integral part of the WWE creative scene? It's, you know, it's cool. I remember, you know, Brian's father wrestled, my dad wrestled. So we, you know, from day one, we had a kinship, but, but just how talented of a guy Brian is. And, and, and when, you know, DX was red hot, uh, he, you know, his personality and his, pardon the pun, but his attitude, uh, so to speak, really came to the fore, forefront. 
Uh, but, you know, I can remember the tag matches we had. It was me and Shawn Michaels against um, uh, Razor and, 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 and Diesel, Scott and Kevin. And uh, Brian was, you know, the, 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 the second and arguably the most charismatic guy in the match was a guy who wasn't even wrestling, and that was Brian. <laughs> so, um, you know, just a load of charisma, uh, very, very talented. And, uh, you know, I could be happier for Brian and all of his success um, with, with uh, I'll say, behind the camera. Uh, and, and that's a guy who uh, gets up every day, puts on his working boots, uh, and gets the job done. And, uh, you know... Um, in the role that he's in now, that is a thankless job. It's a lot of hours, and it's hard work, and, and it, is, it is not the easiest job in the world. So I got a load of respect for the guy, always have, uh, but, man, it's, uh, it, it's pretty cool for us to chuckle and, and, and uh, just see how the song, um, you know, what's the old saying, life imitating art, art imitating life, that, you know, as you stated earlier, you were one of those fans who went out in the stores to buy it, uh, well, look! Look today. You can get right on your phone and download that bad boy, which is just crazy. That uh, the the sales and 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 how it's selling, and there's ringtones and and I've got my buddies here locally at the gym who 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 are casual fans and certainly didn't know anything about Double J back in the era, but how they've got it on their phone and the ringtone and just all of that. It's uh, so with my baby tonight. Uh, it is. Uh, that is really surreal. I'll say that to see how that's had a resurgence. J E double F J A double R E double T. Just love it. And I love that that song is available, you know, through iTunes and all this. And it's crazy to think that, you know, you're just dominating the charts and Jeff Jarrett team is back in associated <laughs> with the WWE. It's just great. Do you have any idea who's going to be inducting you into the hall of fame yet? I do. I certainly do. Would you like to know? Oh, I would love to know. I'm sure you would. So would others, but you're not going to find out today <laughs> because uh, I do know, though, all kidding aside. But uh, no, uh, they're going to roll that out in, in due process. But uh, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, several names were talked about, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy uh, for the outcome. And, um, you know, it's again, April 6th is going to be really, really, uh, I, um, it can't get here quick enough. You know, that whole weekend is going to be so cool. NXT on Saturday and Mania on Sunday and Access on Saturday and, and, and Raw and SmackDown and everything that goes with it. Uh, but, you know, I get to see a lot of folks that I worked with behind the camera as well. So it is uh, going to be, you know, uh, I'm going to be a kid in a candy store for, for a little bit, getting to reconnect with people. How cool is it that you are not only a part of WB again and the Hall of Fame and that, that you'll be hanging out, signing autographs for the fans, Access Weekend. You'll be a part of that whole huge thing. You kind of probably never thought you'd be back in with them in the good graces. Is that kind of just, a you know, like you said before, a totally surreal moment that you're going to be spending that whole weekend, you know, with the WWE reconnecting with all those fans? Sure it is. I mean, you know, it's uh, never say never. Scott Dargis, the NBC uh, sports reporter who who – who WWE gave the exclusive with, uh, and they broke the story. He, he let off his article with Never Say Never, and uh, I kind of think that's very appropriate. And, um, yeah, you know, it's appropriate in several cases, but certainly I do think in this. So, yeah, access and, and um, you know, uh, dealing with the people at WWE about the Hall of Fame weekend when I looked at the access on Saturday, and, and um, they've asked to uh, – I'm sort of a pack rat. I, I've got all my tights and stuff like that from over the years, and – and they actually saved the light-up outfit. So they're gonna, they, they, they tell me they're going to get batteries in that thing and dust it off and 
get that thing. So it's going to be really cool. Access is, is going to be a fun time for, for myself and my family. And, and uh, like you said, yeah, just reconnecting. And it is surreal, very surreal to say the least. Now, it's just unbelievable when you think about it. Like, there's so many guys like Bruno or Bret Hart or Warrior, these guys that kind of break off from WWE and then they come back with Vince. You were one of those guys that had on that, that side with those guys. Like, man, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever see Jeff back in the good graces with Vince McMahon and, and you know, Triple H and all these guys. Especially, you know, you departed in 99. We talked previously about that whole story. I'm not going to go into that. But when Vince makes that double G, double O, double N, double E comment on that final Nitro, Looking back, is that one of those things where you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm back after all this craziness? Well, you know, uh, that that is a situation that um, it made great TV. And Vince does a lot of things great, but but making great TV is one of them. And, and to this day, we're still talking about that. And the folks, you know, you guys are still talking about that. Uh, the reality of the situation was is that I knew I was going to be getting paid seven or eight months on my existing deal. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, I didn't take the... the, the the firing literally, uh, but, 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 you know, it, again, we're still talking about it. And then, you know, um, as the history tells itself, it, it really gave me an opportunity. Uh, me and my father and, 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 and others launched a, launched a wrestling promotion and, and everything that went with that. So it, it's just crazy how life, um, you know, the path you take, uh, a lot of times we try to dictate and fight things and, and try to weave our way in and out and think we're doing a massive job. Uh, when, in, when in the end, uh, it's all part of a plan and, 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 and everything happens for a reason. And, and uh, this old knucklehead here, if I just take it one step at a time, uh, you know, uh, and relax, it's, it's pretty cool how things have developed. So, uh, yes, it, it, is a, it has been a long time since I've worked with the folks and uh, looking forward to, to Hall of Fame weekend for sure. I love it that you're involved in the Hall of Fame. And, and when you started TNA till now, people might have been like, oh, where is Jeff all these years? Now people are going to start to realize, any of those fans that weren't clued in, that you're the one that gave a chance to a guy like AJ Styles or Samoa Joe or Bobby Roode. Yes, they're talented guys, but they needed that platform. And you were the guy that brought those guys in. Does that feel extra special to you now, seeing that they're on the big stage and people are appreciating, you know, appreciating yeah. them? Yeah, and and I yeah, well, what I couldn't be happier for those guys because obviously, uh, and I've said it, and I've said it multiple times over the last few weeks that you know, talent gets you to the top and your attitude keeps you there. But AJ, uh, it goes without saying, from day one we had a close personal and professional relationship. So him being the champion, uh, head, you know, heading into this mania and headlining is is just awesome. And Bobby, U.S. champ. Um, but guy, you know, Eric Young, the list could go on and on, um, that I'm super excited that they're where they're at. And, um, it's just special. It, it just makes the event that much more special. I posted something on Instagram the other day, you know, Jerry Lawler is a guy who was, you know, my childhood hero, who was my father's business partner, who I got to work with day in and day out. And, and, um, he's hosting the event. It's just really surreal. Uh, and, and, and one of those things where, I do have to pinch myself and say, wow, th th this is really going to happen. So it it's just super cool. Awesome stuff. And I love that, obviously, Lawler being the history with your father kind of all comes full circle and it all comes back together. And I just love that, you know, there's stories that, that, you know, Jeff Jarrett was down and out or whatever. Now he's back and, you know, like a cat lands on his feet. He's back <laughs> and he's back in the good graces of the Hall of Fame. Is that one of the things that you look at just even with your career? You know, you always end up 
on the right side of things. You'll always kind of end up on your feet, whether you know you, whether you're working with Global Force and then you're working with New Japan, whether you're Impact, whether you're, whether you're founding TNA. You always seem to you know find a new outlet and find a way to really land on your feet again. Well, early in my career, um, and even before I got the business, you know, uh, my grandmother, my father, um, you know, the, the old adage, it, it, it truly, and I know it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Something that I want to pass on to my kids, no matter how many times you get knocked down um, or things don't go your way or you think you're taking a left and you end up going right in life, uh, <clears throat> as long as you get back up and keep persevering and keep putting one step in front of the other and moving forward, you're going to be okay. And I've always really tried to live by that, that, uh, you know, um, early in my career, Texas and Tennessee, you know, obviously just life, life doesn't happen, uh, always the way you want it to, uh, professionally and, and personally. Uh, but you have to get back up, uh, put one foot, like I said, in front of the other and keep on keeping on. And, uh, you know, obviously at TNA, it wasn't a bed of roses, but you had to keep on keeping on and, and that's just how it was, you know, um, w, whether it be WWF or WCW or, 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 or Global Force or, or TNA, whatever it may be. I, I truly, truly believe uh, that, that perseverance uh, is a cornerstone to anyone's success. And you've been so successful everywhere you're going, just strictly focusing on WWE. I mean, European champion, six-time intercontinental champion, tag champ. Do you have a, a special kind of, you know, you were definitely you know, headlined a lot of cards for WWF. Is there anything, you know, from your time in the WWE that really sticks out as far as you, you know, um, being a champion, like winning the IC belt uh, at that at that point a record number of times, teaming with Owen Hart. Anything really stick out as far as your championship run with the WWE? Uh, well, you know, the, the series of matches I had with Sean, and you know, me and Sean uh, Michaels, we worked together. I think the first time was maybe 88, 89, right before they went to the WWF the first time. Um, so I, you know, I've known Sean almost since the day I got in the business. Uh, and so I'd had matches with him, but, but, but when we got that opportunity to, to work together on a nightly basis and, you know, over the IC title, and it was just a different era there, obviously. Um, but you know, uh, th those title matches were, were awful lot of fun. And those series of tags that I had, Obviously, Scott Hall uh, as Razor Ramon there. Uh, just huge, wildly popular. Uh, Kevin Nash as Diesel. But, uh, you know, that 94-95 era, uh, like I said earlier about that tag, the, the series of tag matches we had one night, we had a match at the Garden. Me and Sean with Road Dog outside and uh, against Kevin and Scott. And it was just one of those nights that uh, clicking on all cylinders. So, you know, th that and then obviously teaming with Owen and, and, and most importantly to me, you know, the friendship me and Owen had outside the business and outside the ring. Uh, but, you know, uh, getting a chance to team with him and how that fell together and, you know, having tag matches like that, it just, it, it, it was, it was uh, you know, they weren't flawless by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, Owen is second generation, I'm third generation, but, you know, his dad wrestled and promoted, I, my dad wrestled and promoted, so... You know, we talked the same language from, from day one when we, we got to know each other and, and just, you know, the amount of respect for, I had for that I had for Owen. So, uh, you know, not any one particular moment, just the, the era of time there was, uh, those were some good days. So many awesome things that you did in your career and just sticking with this WWF, I just want to say the new generation, whether you're in there, you know, as Jeff Jarrett, then the Attitude Era with the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the equalizer, the acoustic equalizer, and then you're kind of playing even a different role there. It's just 
awesome to see, you know, the different roles and you through the history, but it's awesome to kind of you be a part of our history and our show. Because I kind of just like kind of jokingly say, okay, this guy gave AJ Styles a chance. He gave Joe. He gave Root. He even gave us a chance. These two, you know, quote unquote marks that just wanted to do an <laughs> interview and whatever. I was like, for whatever reason, Jeff was nice enough, even though he's a huge star, was nice enough to have us on. And you know, and and now look at us. Now what? You know, now we're able to interview him by the Hall of Fame. So I just wanted to say, from us and for me especially, like, thank you so much for uh, doing that for us. You didn't have to do that. Like you didn't have to do that for all the stars you helped create. Well, uh, well, you say that, but I can tell you, and, and um, me being able to help, you know, whether it's you guys out or anybody else, it does as much good for me because I know, you know, I was taught at a young age, um, and, and Lord, we all screw up so many different ways, and we continually will screw up. But, you know, if you do the next right thing and, and help somebody else, uh, it, 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 you know, you reap what you sow. There's no doubt about it. And so I'm just happy for you guys uh, that you're still doing it. You know, uh, again, you guys, <laughs> I'm sure it hadn't been easy and you've had your ups and downs. But, you know, obviously you're still doing it and, and uh, got a lot of respect for you guys. You guys, you know, obviously you know how to conduct yourself or you still wouldn't be around. So uh, hats off to you guys. And, and I'm happy to play the small part that I did with you guys getting off the ground. And that's where we can finally reveal to everybody that we'll be inducting you into the Hall of Fame uh, WrestleMania <laughs> weekend. So I guess the cat's out of the bag. How did, did you ever get the invite and the plane ticket? I did. I got the, I got the call from, from uh, the powers that be. They said, Chad and John, be there WrestleMania weekend. They said, you might not get past security, but you, can, uh, you sure as hell can buy a ticket. Well, Jeff, as we wrap up. At least get your tux ready. Please. <laughs> exactly. Well, as we wrap up here, Jeff, I mean, again, like John said, he couldn't have put it in any better words. We appreciate you in every step of the way. And before we wrap up and get to the, the double J plugs, we just got to say, we always ask you when we end it, where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? And with you, it's always changing. So what's next for Jeff Jarrett following this Hall of Fame induction? You know, this is such broad strokes, but I, I will say this. Internationally, our industry, and I've, I have said this for multiple years, but it, it, it to me it's crystallizing and I got a couple of projects I'm working on but you know the international scene um, and obviously with the technology you know the WWE work, network is the easiest to explain but you know um, the streaming networks that, that I'm working with um, it's it, internationally whether it be uh, you know uh, the Middle East whether it be Asia uh, you know India is enormous what a what a, a market that is Europe, Europe's been hot for a lot of years. The United Kingdom, Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa. International is, is where I see myself. Uh, I know that's a real broad stroke, but that is definitely where I see myself. Well, the hands on the clock keep spinning too slow, but our time has come to an end here with the great uh, Double J. So, Jeff, please share with the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip where they can find anything and everything going on in the very, very busy world of Jeff Jarrett. Well, before I do that, what can't you wait to do? <laughs> I, I don't want to say it because I can't refer to either one of you as my baby, but uh, whichever well, way. You don't have to. It's your baby. <laughs> well, now, well, now I'm awkward. Yeah, I'm kidding. No, uh, mine's simple. Instagram, Twitter, at Real Jeff Jarrett. I, I, I do not do Facebook. So uh, Instagram or Twitter, it's at Real Jeff Jarrett. But I, I, seriously, guys, we've had some fun uh, here, and uh, especially on me. But no, I appreciate you guys' time, and good luck to you guys. Definitely did good luck to you, and I appreciate the support you've always given me.
got the belt. Kimberly went down in a heap. There's no referee, guys. There's a there's a referee. He's over towards our guest. One, two, three. What? 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 The, did, what? What is? Did David Arquette just? What's going on here? David Arquette won the world title. David Arquette won the world title. He can't believe it. David he can't Arquette won the world title. Did David Arquette just win the world title? Did I see that? David Arquette just he's got the belt. David Arquette's the world. David Arquette's the world. I'm going to say it again because I don't believe it. David Arquette is the world champion. Never in my life has Bobby the Brain Heenan been speechless. I don't know what the hell to say. Mickey J went over towards him. Paige raises a hand. I, I can't believe this. What a shocker. What a shocker. That's putting it mildly. He couldn't walk 10 minutes ago, and he's got the strap. David Arquette's got the gold belt. When he wakes up, he won't believe what happened. What now? What now? What will happen now? Yeah, what's going to happen Monday? What does this mean for the future of WCW? What does this mean for the Triple K? Oh, Western Union, San Marino, Mr. David Arquette shows up, drags to the arena. Welcome back here to part two of this episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling. You heard the clip right there. David Arquette just won the world title. David Arquette just won the world title. Did I just say that? Tony Schiavone with the infamous words as we get ready here for the second part of this show featuring our guest David Arquette and John worked his ass off to get David Arquette on this show. This was such a great fun interview to get on the program here and David Arquette does not disappoint if you've ever seen a David Arquette movie you've ever seen an interview with him he is exactly how he comes off when you watch him on an Access Hollywood or you see him on a red carpet you see him doing his thing that's David Arquette in a nutshell folks and that is what you're going to get on this show you are not just going to get some stuffy Hollywood actor that's coming on and he's just going to give you your regular, oh, you know, it was great to do the movie and uh, blah, 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 blah. No, you're not going to get that with David Arquette. You're going to get a very real story as to why he became the champion. You're going to get the real story as to why the things were done to promote Ready to Rumble the way they were. You're going to get top to bottom. You're going to get a fun look into this process that David Arquette went through. So you're not just going to expect some regular old actor coming on and just going to give you the uh, you know the regular spiel that they would if they were going to be on a red carpet or in some kind of 
conglomerate interview that they go in and out of all day, and they've got different people from all around the world. You're not getting that today. David Arquette is here to talk about not only his time in WCW, but one of his projects that he is working on now, which is called A Survivor's Guide to Prison, and we have all the plugs in the episode where you can get it. You can get it on demand. You can go see it in theaters. Uh, there's a Facebook address where you can find out more about the cause that the movie is promoting, but I think one thing you're really going to take away from this interview is that David Arquette is a huge fan of professional wrestling, and the last thing he wanted to do was to tarnish the history of a championship belt in the wrestling industry or to tarnish the wrestling industry itself with a mockery being made out of eventually what did happen. And now whether or not you want to blame certain people for it, I, I really don't think you can. And people really want to point the finger at Vince Russo, and I think Vince Russo is unjustly uh, kind of pegged with that David Arquette uh, black, uh, you know, mask over him that he's the reason why WCW went out of business. And no, that's that's not it. If you know the real story as to why WCW went out of business, you know it had nothing to do with David Arquette winning the world championship. It might not have been the highlight of WCW's later t- later months and later years of the company's history, but it was not the reason that the company went out of business. And, and one of the things I think we can really drive home with this interview is that David Arquette really says that Vince Russo did not uh, deserve some of the, the flack that he's gotten over the years. And uh, to me, I think that's kind of a welcome thing to hear. But in terms of the other content we talk about, it is a full retrospective on his time in the wrestling business. He obviously had a little stint in the WWE that we'll cover as well. But, John, as I welcome in here now, one, I'm clapping for you. Hats off on booking David Arquette for the show. Uh, you never cease to amaze me when you do get guests of this caliber. Uh, but give me some of your thoughts. You were right in the thick of WCW at the time. You were obsessed with WCW. You're, you are a well-documented WCW mark. So give us your take on this interview. Kind of tell us some of the things we have to look forward to in this little chat we've got here going on with the star of Ready to Rumble and the former WCW champion, David Arquette. Yes, Chad, back here again, obviously. This is part two of this monster huge episode, the biggest episode ever in the history of our show. And before we continue on, I do want to make my WWE Network recommendation, if you will, my suggestion. Obviously, go to wbnetwork.com slash TMPT for your free month today. With the free month, you're going to want this one, folks. WrestleMania is coming up. The biggest pay-per-view, the granddaddy of them all, if you will, the huge, huge pay-per-view that is WrestleMania. So go to wbnetwork.com slash TMPT and get your free month today. And obviously my network recommendation has to do with Double J, has to do with David Arquette. And the only match, well, not the only match, but the only match for, you know, for a pay-per-view that these two were in together was the a triple cage match. Yes, go to WWE Network, search out WCW pay-per-views, go to Slamboree 2000, and check out the triple cage match. Quite a spectacle, and we do talk about it in the interview with David Arquette. It is DDP versus Jeff Jarrett versus David Arquette for the WCW world title in a triple cage. It's a sight to behold. So that is my WWE Network recommendation. Now as we move on to our guest today, possibly the biggest star we've ever had on the show. I mean, we've had on Bruno and Jesse Ventura and Dusty and Terry Funk and uh, even actor Nick Searcy was on and Hermie Sadler and all these big names, Bob Zamuda, big names. Are any of them as big as this one and the former WCW world champion himself, David Arquette? And obviously before we kind of get to 
David and and what you know his wrestling career is all about we do want to say we were promoting a survivor's guide to prison please check it out on facebook and then obviously you can go on demand and check out survivor's guide to prison and watch a great documentary about what you need to do to survive if you yourself somehow ends up in prison because it is an epidemic it is trouble it is is capital punishment is terrible so Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, you know, go check the, the website, do whatever you got to do, but please check out this documentary. You can get it on demand, you get it on Amazon video. It is a survivor's guide to prison, so check that out for sure. Now, as far as David Arquette, this was awesome. I mean, sometimes when you get a star of his magnitude on, you're not sure what you're going to get. Is he going to be, is he going to be kind of phony? Is he going to give you a little? Is he going to give you nothing? Is he going to be generic? Is he going to be boring? Oh my God, he was just unbelievable. He's just such, I mean, he hit a home run. He was so fun with us. I mean, we talked to him for over a half hour. Just nonstop laughs, nonstop great stories, just awesome stuff and when we say we want to get into the wrestling he was like let's do it man let's get into it it was awesome and he's exactly how like chad like you said he's exactly how you would think he would be as far as his personality as far as his liveliness as far as how you portray him in the movies i mean that's who he is he's just such a nice friendly great guy with such a great attitude and i love that he had such a great attitude about the wrestling business we go all into ready to rumble we go all into his time in wcw and how that all came to that came to be we go all into how he wins the wcw World Heavyweight Championship and the fun and, and the craziness that, that surrounds that. Courtney Cox showing up to WWE, you know, uh, excuse me, WCW Television to record a, you know, a little bit of a, of a backstage vignette. And then Kurt Russell was involved and they're promoting 3,000 Miles to Graceland. It's just really, really cool stuff. We get into a little bit behind the scenes story about how Ric Flair puts him over and really in private, um, just a phenomenal story, puts him over and says, hey, you're one of us now. And really, really kind of goes to bat for David Arquette and the people that disrespect David Arquette or don't show him any love. I mean, it's kind of silly when you think about it. I mean, he didn't want to be champion. He didn't, you know, ask to be champion. It's something that came to him. They were looking for something to combat the WWF and the Steve Austin of the world and the Rocks of the world and the Attitude Era and Vince McMahon's dominance. So what they were trying to do was be headline grabbers, and obviously they were a headline grabber. USA Today and many other outlets picked up the story, and it was big news for a while. So it, it accomplished some things, and, and you know David says in the interview he hates to be associated with the death of WCW, and, and if you really look at it in hindsight, it's kind of silly to kind of throw him in there and mix him in there with that when he really wasn't and it was just kind of a publicity um, ploy and I actually as a fan then and even as a fan now I loved it it was just fun and funny and it was just one of those things was like shocking as all hell and you just didn't know what he was going to do and he played a great Hollywood kind of gimmick you know played it up on TV it was so much fun and it was so great and I and I really really enjoyed that and I really really enjoyed this interview just an unbelievable conversation with a, a great guy who happened to be a huge huge wrestling fan all along the way and still is today and still keeps up with it and still follows it which was amazing to me so I absolutely love that and we even talk about his brief WWE appearance and we talk about Kid Rock getting into the WWE Hall of Fame and his comment and reaction to Kid Rock being in the Hall of Fame and if David Arquette himself should be in the Hall of Fame. So that is some great stuff. Folks, you are going to love this absolutely amazing interview, not only with Double J, but with David Arquette. And this is the biggest episode, I'll say it again, in the history of TMPT. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a little bit of the Hollywood icon, David Arquette. Absolutely. And we want to thank both David Arquette and Jeff Jarrett 
for joining us for this huge double episode, perhaps the biggest episode in the history of the two-man power trip. What else can we say, folks? We try our asses off to put on a good show. And like I said off the top, if this is the first time you're checking us out, please come back next week. I'm telling you, sometimes I surprise myself with the guests that we get on this show. Uh, But I hope that you will enjoy, especially if you are a fan of the history of professional wrestling, if you are uh, a, a fan of wanting to know the inside story as to stuff maybe you didn't know about or there's somebody that you've always felt you want to hear from, take a look back in our archives. Uh, it's a who's who of the wrestling lore. It's, it's a who's who of wrestling greatest legends and timeless names, and there's something for everybody in that vault. So please just go check out what we've got on iTunes, on Podomatic, on Podbean, on Player FM, on iHeartRadio, on Spotify, all the places you can get us. Check out the library, and please come back. I definitely think you will not be disappointed with some of the stuff we've got coming out in the future. And again, if this is the first time, please also check out our other show that we publish on Tuesdays, the Triple Threat Podcast featuring the franchise Shane Douglas, where it is Shane Douglas, uncensored, unfiltered, and doing the show that he wants to do and bringing you a podcast that is unlike any other podcast out there, wrestling, news, entertainment, sports-related, that you're going to find. So that's every Tuesday we release the Triple Threat, and every Friday we release the Two-Man Power Trip. So we want to thank you for joining us today. And with all this being said, I want to just reaffirm here that today's episode is brought to you by the WWE Network. And if you use our code wwnetwork.com slash TMPT, you'll get one month free of the WWE Network where you can check out the recommendations that John gave you. You can check out All-Star Wrestling, like I said at the top of the show, and apparently coming soon, WCW Thunder. So that is very cool to see WCW content heading its way to the WWE Network. And, of course, you can check out David Arquette's World Championship win on one of the WCW Thunders. So let's get the show on the road here, partner. John, I'm going to hand it over to you. Hit us with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business, and let's get it on over to David Arquette. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, TMPTOfWrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Follow along with a two-man power trip as we come to a town near you. Join us in Richmond, Virginia for TMPTCon 2, May 19th at the Holiday Inn with feature guests Kevin Nash, Easy E, Eric Bischoff, Shane Douglas, Mark Canterbury and so many more. So follow along with the two-man power trip as you never know where we may land. And now, without any 
further ado. He is an actor. He is a writer. He is a director. He is a producer. He is a Hollywood icon. And most importantly, he is the former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He is David Arquette. Please enjoy. producer, director, and writer, but most importantly here in the two-man power trip of wrestling world, oh, we love to call him this. He's a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. You may remember him from the wrestling movie Ready to Rumble, but it is our absolute pleasure to welcome in right now the one and only David Arquette. David, thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Hey, thank you, Chad. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me, guys. So WCW champion, David, in the wrestling world is something that's always going to be linked, and we're going to get to it in a minute here. But before we get rolling, I want to talk about your latest project, The Survivor's Guide to Prison. Now, it's something that when I'm reading the sheet here, it's something that automatically catches my eye. It's a very cool project, but tell us what really drove you to this project in Survivor's Guide to Prison. Well, I was always a really big fan of Matthew Cook, the director. He's Oscar-nominated, really talented guy. And uh, he just kind of opened my eyes to the, the catastrophe that is our prison system. So he showed us an early cut, and uh, me and my wife joined him uh, as producers and just really wanted to get the word out about, you know, what you can do to sort of stay safe because... In America, you have more of a chance of going to prison than anywhere else in the world. So it's just sort of tips for people and uh, and sort of uh, some things that work and ways we could change the prison system if we ever, you know, if everyone just cared enough to sort of change it. So what was it that really drove you to it in terms of the content? Because it hit theaters on February 23rd. It's also on demand. But what was it about... The, the film exactly that really took you like by either by surprise or just uh, kind of took over your emotions in that, uh, you know, it's something that you felt really needed to be, uh, you know, kind of shared with the masses. Well, I have some friends that had gone to prison, turned their lives around. And, and uh, you know, I just think it's a shame. We have an, like 80% of people that go to state prison uh, return within five years. So that's just a failure. And if, if we had an 80% phones, only worked 80% of the time. No one would buy that phone. I mean, it's just terrible that we're doing this and it's a prison for profit industry and it's just completely backwards. So it's just to do something to sort of help. I mean, you know, we're the land of the free. We shouldn't be locking up more people than anywhere else in the world. You know, we lock up one third of all the world's women 
and 80% of the women in prison are mothers. So we're destroying families. We're just, we don't have any rehabilitation or any kind of mental health kind of uh, work that we're doing to sort of help combat it. So we just wanted to raise awareness and sort of, you know, join the, the fight. We like to say it's, it's more of a, um, it's, it's not a movie, it's, it's a movement. Yeah, and kind of elaborate on that if you can. It's not a movie, it's a movement because the, the people that are also attached to this and, and helping tell the story, I mean, it's a really, it's a powerful cast, but also it's such a, a powerful topic that I think it transcends just the people telling the story because, you know, capital punishment, look at it whichever way you want. Obviously, people are going to be for it, people are going to be against it, but is there something that uh, maybe if you were for it in the past kind of changed your views as to why we should maybe move away from capital punishment? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when I first started talking to Matthew, I was for capital punishment. I was sort of under the, you know, belief that if somebody, you know, murdered somebody, uh, they should they should be killed. I mean, we, they shouldn't be able to do that again. But uh, a lot of the time, what I learned through the process is most of the time when the murder occurs, people are immediately re remorseful. A lot of the time, it's sort of, uh, a lot of different instances that lead to this, you know, sometimes people are just with somebody who commits a murder and then they're going away as well. I mean, there's all kinds of things. I mean, before DNA evidence, we've, we've, we've put people to death that were innocent. So, I mean, just that alone, once we as a society become the murderers, then, you know, then if there's we just perpetuate that sort of mindset. Now, how do you feel about the response to the project? Is it some that, you know, there's going to be detractors, but have you felt a, a positive response from the, uh, from the viewing public and who's gotten a chance to see this so far? Yeah, I mean, we have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with both audience and critics. So, you know, people have really been positive about the, uh, about the film. You know, it brings up a lot of hard topics. You know, it's not easy to talk about. It's not something that, you know, it's real clear clear clean cut sort of uh, solutions to these problems, but we just want to bring it all up. You can go to facebook.com slash survivors guide to prison and find out what bills are coming up, what you can vote on. It's really through legislation that we're going to change things. Yeah, it's a cool project, and definitely I love the, the ability that you can see it in theaters, and it, it opened on the 23rd of February, but also you can get it on demand. And John and I, as we were kind of preparing here, we also saw that you can even get it on Amazon. So there's different ways to consume this project, and that's very cool. But, David, we are here on the two-man power trip okay. of wrestling, and we got to get yeah. into it. I mean, we have been chomping let's at the bit. It. Yeah, let's get into it if we can. Former WCW champion on the wrestling side of things. I don't know if you've kept tabs on it for years, but your name lives on almost as famously as your Hulk Hogan's and your Andre the Giants and your Steve Austin's. And I am not blowing smoke up your fanny in saying that. Can you believe that here we are, we're 18 years later, and we are still talking about that moment where you won the WCW World Championship? Yeah, I, I know. The problem with that is I'm always used as like the example of like, Oh, this decision was worse than when David R. Kevin got the belt. <laughs> you know, I'm always like the, you know, I'm the example of, uh, I'm the joke in a sense. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of, uh, I get it. You know what I mean? I I like to think of myself as I'm really the only, like, like fan that became, uh, you know, uh, a champion. 
I, I totally understand that other wrestlers are fans, but then they're professional wrestlers too. I'm literally like man on the street became uh, the champion. So I don't know. I got to, I don't know how I'm going to prove myself in the wrestling world, but I'm going to have to do something at some point just to, uh, to, 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 to bring some, bring some respect to my name. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's funny. It's 18 years later and we're talking about, you know, the, the fact that that WCW championship has been evolved into another title altogether but still, yeah, they kind of look back at it in jest and you kind of say, oh, well, David Arquette won the world title. But one thing that you look at from the wrestling side is it was not only uh, a huge headline grabber for WCW at the time, it was a huge tie-in to Ready to Rumble. And obviously, you know, the powers that be are the ones that make the decision, not you. And, and one thing that's always been bandied about out there is the fact that when you were brought to this idea, you did not want to win the title. So if you can, can you tell us that backstory and how that all went down and how you were were told you were going to be winning the world title that night on thunder you know it's all kind of blurred in me to be honest with you i kind of was going along with it i didn't have a lot of people telling me exactly what to do i, I didn't really know i didn't know i was like you know one of my first matches that i was doing uh oh i'm blinking now um i was doing a uh, uh, shoot uh, i i can't it's hard to talk about this stuff because you don't want to reveal too much. But they they told me to do Scotty Two Hotties move or something. I didn't know. Oh, the worm. Scotty Two Hotties move. I, yeah, I didn't know I was supposed to wait for the crowd to say stuff. Like people just kind of threw me out there. They're like, "What can you do?" And I was like, "I can do anything." I'm a. I was a black belt in Yoshikai karate at the time. I was like, I could actually kind of fight. So, you know, but they had a big. Um, kind of insurance policy against me so they couldn't let me get hurt and nobody wanted me to beat them up so everyone had to beat me up which is often the harder role <laughs> in wrestling but uh but uh i don't know i enjoyed the experience for me it was like i, I get to fly around with hulk hogan and rick flair i get to like talk to them about Andre the giant and you know all these like legends and that pretty much is why I wanted to do it. I wanted to sort of, you know, I, I'm from an acting family that goes back to vaudeville. So to me, it's really kind of similar to the wrestling world as far as generational and almost like a carny lifestyle where you're on the road. And I don't know, I just, I love, I love the opportunity to be a part of that. I didn't need to be the, the, the uh, champion or anything, but, uh, I did. I did shoot like one time when when I went off off script is when I said uh, I shouldn't be the champ. Booker T should be the champ, and I listed a few other people that that should be the champ. Canyon and real wrestlers, not me. You know what I mean. So a lot of that that part was kind of from my voice, and I didn't feel bad about it. I did want to, you know, I I knew these people had dedicated their lives, and you know their families were wrestlers, and and they've you know, work their ways up to be sitting there like this guy comes in from Hollywood. I totally get it, but I don't. I don't. I. I. I never really. Uh, I don't know. I. I didn't think about it as much. I didn't think how huge a deal it would be. I didn't think how disrespectful it was. I didn't know. I didn't even know what to do half the time. I was, you know, just kind of lost in what I was doing because I didn't really have too much guidance. You know, 
DDP was incredible and really helpful. And Canyon was incredible. And Shane Helms was incredible. And Jeff Jarrett was incredible just in, in like guiding me through it. But the way they set things up is like, like that we'll do two things bumped in and bounce off the I'm swimming double, you know and I'm sitting there I don't I don't know what what you guys are saying much less what the heck am I supposed to be doing they don't even rehearse things they might go over it like you know walk through things but they don't they don't practice like <laughs> I mean I needed training and <laughs> like I needed to like uh really sort of uh, have a good shot at it it was just kind of like all a lot and the other thing is doing the promos like nobody tells you like how these promos are you know they'll give you two pages of dialogue and they're like okay this is what we're gonna film like two minutes and you're like whoa whoa and then nobody tells you you kind of just have to get the gist of it and like you know go through it but uh you know they just didn't really it wasn't too clear about everything I was supposed to be doing. I could have used some training, some guidance, some practice, like practicing, doing uh, promos and all that stuff. And there's a lot of pressure when it's live and you're like sitting there and, you know, people are spitting on you, like actual spit on your face. And you're supposed to like not want to choke them. You know, there's a, there's a lot going on there. So, uh, it was interesting. It was a fun experience. I, I won't say that it wasn't, but, uh, you know, for a kid that kind of, I grew up like, I grew up in Hollywood. We weren't rich when I was growing up. We were little tough kids. We were running around. We getting scraps all the time. So being punked a lot wasn't easy for me. And I was kind of like getting a little pissed off. One night I was almost like, I should just try to just fight like almost like a jail mentality. Like I should go fight Tank Abbott because I, you know, I had to fight him <laughs> one night. And I was like, I should just fight him and then at least I get some street cred. You know what I mean? Especially since he was pretty wasted. That WCW crew at, at that point was like, I was so crazy. And looking back, I mean, like I said, 18 years ago, so a lot has changed in wrestling, but. What I think is kind of funny is that you went from being on a set where you're comfortable in a wrestling environment to then translating that over into the live event side and going to the backstage wrestling uh, matches. So when you got there, did you know what to expect? And were you that surprised that it was that much different than the movie set? No, I, yeah, I was super surprised. I was totally sort of lost. I didn't, like, again, there wasn't a lot of rehearsal. There wasn't a lot of, like, preparation there wasn't a lot of walking through. I mean, those things move really fast anyway. Like just in general, like you're moving from town to town, you're getting there, you're meeting at the thing, you're eating something, you're, you know, going back to your hotel, you come back and maybe like go over something a second. But yeah, there's uh, it just left a lot of things really unclear for me. And, and, uh, and, you know, I don't know. It was just, I was, it's, I, I I didn't know all the stuff you you could do like I don't know I don't didn't know you could say like nah I'm not gonna be punked like that you know what I mean like duh, you know you can like beat me up and make it like you know I really got hurt or something you know what I mean let me try something let me try a move the only move I got they I got them to let me do was jumping off the top top rope in the triple cage match because I always loved Jimmy Superfly Snooker. But then uh, 
I, they wouldn't even let me land on somebody, like hit somebody. Like nobody wanted me to hit them. Nobody wanted like to, you know, that I could hurt them or anything. You know what I mean? It's the whole wrestling thing. So fun, though, really looking back. I mean, it is crazy to think, you know, David Arquette, the former WCW world champion in the pantheon of Hogan and Flair and Sting and the Harley Race of the World. Do you look back at that night when you actually won the title? Were you actually thinking it in your, you know, in your head as a fan, like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to go down in history? No, see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even at all uh, understand the impact of it or like the, you know, how, how sacred sort of it, it's held. You know what I mean? I, uh, I try to like give it respect on, on my own, like, um, you know, just in general with my actions or whatever, but, you know, I always like, wanted to take the belt out to fans to, to take, you know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt and they're like, okay, you're in charge of it. I was like, w- w- what, what? <laughs> like, yeah, you have to travel with it. And like, you can't, don't check it. You can't check that, you know, you got to like, you know, carry that on and you got to bring it everywhere. You're in charge of it. Uh, so just stuff like that. So I bring it around to all the fans and let them take pictures with it and, uh, tried to be respectful of it. But, you know, when you mentioned a guy like Harley race and like that kind of sort of, you know, legendary status, that's like, you know, it's obvious why people would get upset and that I, you know, didn't, you know, didn't whatever. But, you know, one of the things I did put together was, uh, I was shooting 3000 miles to Graceland at the time. And I had to go up to Toronto and my wife was there and she was filming a scene with, uh, Kurt Russell. And I put together the little promo of, of her and Kurt Russell, which was sort of, that was the only one I got to work on because I was up there alone. They just got a film crew. So I kind of was able to like put my own spot together, which was kind of fun. That was a, that was a fun little piece. And I got Kurt Russell and Courtney Cox on the, on WCW. So that was fun too. Yeah. That's a huge, huge accomplishment. Think about, you know, two huge stars like that. But the best part about that is you're kind of playing up this awesome, like Hollywood gimmick. You're the world champion and Kurt Russell's trying to like, almost like talk you down. Like, are you crazy? You're not really the champ. But you know, was that like a ton of fun to just to pull that off? Cause that was so funny from a fan <laughs> perspective. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, my humor in general, my character Dewey, like, I usually self-deprecating is always kind of good for me. You know what I mean? It, it mm-hmm. works. I don't take it personally, you know, unlike the president who can, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he can't take a joke about himself, but I can, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, yeah, that was fun. It was fun. And Kurt's amazing. Like, you know, but Kurt Russell's another guy. Yeah. He's a tough guy. I could probably beat him up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you, you see a lot of these fucking, Oh, sorry, my curse. But uh, you see a lot of these people, and you know when you're when you're used to like fighting, you like don't like to take stuff from people. You know what I mean? You like you know, so it gets a little. It gets you have to. A lot of those guys are big though, but also that was always a thing. Like always get the big guy. But it's all it's all good in the past now. As you see, I don't have any resentment. <laughs> but uh. I had a blast. I know people like had a problem with it. I, uh, I didn't mean any disrespect. I got nothing but love for everybody. I have personal philosophy 
that, you know, I'm a, I'm a champion, you're a champion, we're all champions. Uh, I love it. I love that uh, philosophy that you have. Now, is it true that you donated all the money you made from WCW to charity? Is that actually true? Yeah, it didn't. I wasn't ever supposed to be, uh, you know, talked about. It wasn't something that was done for that reason. It was more done out of respect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought this was very, 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 uh, you know, respectful of you and very gracious of you. And I always look back saying, wow, that's awesome that, that you did that. You know, you took it very, very seriously. You donated the money to charity. But a guy like Vince Russo, it seems like, always gets the the negative end of it the brunt of it did you have a relationship at all with vince russo and and the writing staff at that time i don't really i mean he was really nice when i met him and everything i uh i have nothing but respect for him i think he does get a lot of like you know a lot of the uh flack for for what happened i mean you know people blame me for killing wcw you know that was, that's like, this is like a, that was a battle that was going on hard. And, you know, I still think that it's a shame that WCW, the brand has been killed. I mean, even if WWE just owned it and kind of split it apart and used it as a, a foil for themselves, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, cause that's when it was always so fun when everybody got sort of, when, both of them were going. It was like a huge wrestling kind of moment where, you know, you have these two really large organizations that are competing. But now it's pretty interesting that there's all these kind of little up and coming where they've always been there, but with the, you know, invention of the internet and what uh, Billy Corgan and uh, Dave Lugana are doing at uh, NWA is really exciting. And just, you know, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of more excitement and the fact that you can get everything on the internet and it's just sort of bridging all these gaps and people are learning about different wrestlers that they're just seeing matches online. I think it's a pretty exciting time. And I think it's leading up to another rebirth of a, a really great time for wrestling. And the thing is with, with you and you keeping up on things with wrestling, which is great with, you know, the NWA and a lot of the uh, Internet promotions that are, you know, uh, streaming services that are going on with wrestling and, and everyone kind of in the independency really picking it up. I noticed today on your Twitter you had almost like a thoughtful emoji of Kid Rock being in the WB Hall of Fame. Do you yourself want to be in the WB Hall of Fame given you are a former world champion? <laughs> that was, I was sort of just... You know, it's like uh, it's a sort of wrestling thing. You kind of like, you know, you you kind of stoke the waters or whatever the term is. You just kind of like mess with people. So yeah, no, I think I I I, I totally approve of Kid Rock. I think he he's, he's got that whole vibe. It's right, but I mean, you know, he wasn't the champion. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, a very good point. And I, I love that, you know, you put that out there and people are probably like, what, what is he, what is he talking about? So is it, um, any idea or any thought? Cause you did perform for Vince McMahon on raw at the Slammy Awards in 2010. You played a great kind of villain. You called yourself the former world champion. You were in there with Alex Riley against Randy Orton. You get powerbomb through a table, all this other stuff. So you were a world champion. Then you have that big raw that you're on for the WWE and Vince. Do you think that you should be yeah. in the Hall of Fame? Just throwing it out there. Do you think you should be in the WWE Hall of Fame in the celebrity wing? Oh, you know, that's not my place to, to say I should be in the 
whatever. But uh, I I was going through a divorce at the time, so I was a little crazy. <laughs> I, um, I had lost my voice, and I like I like took it upon myself to put down New Orleans, which I love that city. But I was just kind of playing the heel for a moment to get the crowd, because I get it, you know, you want them to hate you. And um, but it was amazing. I mean, being put through a table by Randy Orton—that's like kind of a dream. I I love that stuff. So to me, it was just kind of a, a fun opportunity. And I really respect what WWE's done, and and just the whole business and all the all the history and all the sort of uh you know what Vince McMahon's done in general with that that business is just remarkable I mean they're super smart and the whole family being involved I love all that so no I don't I don't uh you know I don't I'm 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 good just doing my my thing <laughs> you know what I mean I would I would love to be included in the world a little I mean I've been asked to go to signings and stuff but I always find that a little hard to do not hard to do, but it's, I don't know. It's kind of odd. I like meeting the fans and everything. And I like, uh, all that. So some, at some point, something will happen where it'll make sense to sort of be involved or do something that, um, might bring me back into the world a little more. When you were in the WWE for that, you know, on raw for that brief moment, did Vince mention anything to you about being a former WCW champion? Did he kind of rub it in at all? Or did, did he say anything to you about it? No, you, you know, there's a, it's such an inside world, you know what I mean? And I'm such an outsider and there is a lot of animosity and a lot of like people have to kind of, you have to play a little safe. You know what I mean? You don't want to like, uh, alienate the fans or you don't want to, you know, get people upset in a way that isn't helpful for the, for the, the sport. So, um, I know he was great. I mean, uh, Triple H was really helpful too in that process. Um, Charles Robinson has always been super cool. Uh, um, I don't know. Mouth of the South was amazing during that time. Ric Flair threw his arm around me at one point and, and, and when I was kind of going through a hard time and he showed up and he was telling me stories about running around the hotels with just the robe on, nothing else. Then he'd lose the robe, and then he'd have to find his robe before the end of the night. Great, great stories like that. But we were at the hotel bar one night. He threw his arm around me. It was right toward the end. And he said, listen up, fellas. He's one of us. And that, to me, was kind of like, oh, man, thank you for that. It's just such a – I felt like such an outsider. People were so, like – you know, they just hated me. I mean, for the most part, a lot of the people just hated me and would like to see things go wrong or like, you know, me get egg on my face just because of the situation. And I totally understood it. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I got nothing but respect for the wrestlers, what they put their bodies through, you know, the, <laughs> just seeing it, it all. It was, it was a blast. I mean, geez, it was insane. Now, just to wind it down here, I mean, what a, a great uh, trip down memory lane. I loved it when you were world champion. It was the front page, not front page, but it was huge news in the USA Today. It was all over the news. It was all over the place. You were the world champ. You beat Eric Bischoff on Nitro. Then you beat Bischoff in a tag match involving, obviously, DDP and Jarrett. You become world champion. But what kind of was your, your favorite moment in in wrestling and in WCW, was it player, you know, kind of accepting you? Was it, you know, the Jimmy Hart's 
the world kind of giving you uh, that respect. What was your favorite part of being there? I don't think it was losing the title in the Triple Cage, was it? No, I mean, it all, like, certain things sort of pop in your head. One of them, during that Triple Cage, Cannon took a, a bump off the top of the thing into, like, these boxes. I don't know how they just jump into boxes. It's the craziest <laughs> thing i ever seen. But this guy, I mean, being able to work with him so closely, on Ready to Rumble especially, because we spent so much time on that together. He was just such a great guy. And as uh you know, that's something that sticks with me just because, you know, he loved, took his life and, and, and was in some pain. And, and I don't know if it's just, I, I would have loved to be able to talk to him about it because I grew up with, you know, a transgender sister who, who, you know, so I, I know like, you know, battling certain emotions and all that. But, um, uh, that, that sticks out. It's just one thing. You know, he's a really wonderful guy who's, like, one of the great, like, kind people. So I miss him a lot. Shane Helms was made me look really great in, uh, in Ready to Rumble. But DDP, in general, is just, like, such a hero of mine. He's just such a positive force in general. Such a good human, you know what I mean? Just in general, just a great guy. Goldberg was an amazing person, very kind throughout the whole process, really he sent me a belt at the end, you know, and, uh, I popped, I popped the name off and put my name on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But I appreciate it. Yeah. Now, looking back though, do you have like a favorite match that you had? Cause you had a couple. I mean, you beat tank Abbott, legitimate tough guy. You beat bitch off twice. Technically, you know, you're in the triple cage. Do you have a favorite match looking back or is that impossible to say? Well, the, the first match was really fun because I got to do a couple things, which then they didn't let me do anything after after that. I think I think they negotiated the contract or something. For some reason, or it's people didn't like, or maybe it was that people didn't want me beating them up or something. But uh, Triple Cage match was just fun because it was such a spectacle. And like, you know, that big cage and all that stuff. But... um. Yeah, I don't know. It's all sort of a blur. I haven't even watched any of that stuff in years. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll click on it once in a while to show somebody like, yeah, no, really, I was the champion. Look, and that's about all I do. But I haven't watched any of the matches. And I, I, I can barely remember, like, the whole time period. It was so so blurry. Well, it's something that stuck with wrestling fans to this day. And I'm telling you, not a week goes by that it's not mentioned on a podcast or in a dirt sheet or on a website. It's, it's still out there. Oh it's still it's out there. But we've heard so much about how much you enjoyed it and, and really all the cool things that you did in that little run back in 2000. But the way I usually end it here before we get to the plugs are, I usually say, you know, when you look back at your career, you know, what do you think of this match or that match? Or when you look at where you're going to be in five years, you know, what do you see yourself doing? But I got to say, we got to flip the switch here and we got to just ask this. I mean, you come from such a legendary family in the entertainment business and and your family's done so much. What do you want, not only wrestling fans or fans of acting and comedy and and movies and television, what do you want fans to remember about the Arquette name in the pantheon of entertainment? What was something that you want them to always remember? I don't know. Just that we're we're entertainers. You know what I mean? We're here to like, that's our job. You know, we've, we've, we're fourth generation of people that go up on a stage just to try to make you laugh, 
make you forget about your problems. So if we do that and we do good work and, and, and we do things that you enjoy, that's when we succeed. So we don't ever go out trying to do like a junky movie or something that doesn't work. We're just always trying to, you know, be active. You know, it's hard in Hollywood. You go through these sort of roller coasters. Your, your career's high. Your, your career cools down. Whatever it is, you just have to keep kind of chipping away. So I just hope I entertain people, made them laugh, have fun. And, and uh, that's pretty much all I try to do. I mean, um, I do also want to add that uh, Hulk Hogan was really nice, too. I got to walk through an airport with Hulk Hogan. There's nothing in the world like that. This guy is telling me stories about Andre the Giant and all this stuff. And then, uh, yeah, we're walking. Because I'd, I'd seen them at the uh, L.A. Sports Arena. I touched uh, the Giant's back, his big old sweaty, pimply back. <laughs> and, uh, it was amazing. I was such a fan of, of that time period in general. Macho Man, I can't forget Macho Man. He was such a kind, sweet guy. So, like, amazing. Just, uh, just, uh, just a great human. So uh, all those guys were really kind to me. I appreciate all that wrestling, uh, you know, allowed me to do and just be a part of it. And uh, I'm glad people are still having fun with it. Who knows? Who knows? I ain't dead yet. <laughs> good thing about res. Good thing about wrestling is, you know, you got a longer uh, lifespan than you do say NFL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And before Danny Trejo comes after me here with the machete, we got to go back to the Survivor's Guide. Oh, my God, how great, would, how great would Danny Trejo be wrestling? He could get oh your back. Oh, my God, that guy. <laughs> That's what we should bring him. I, should bring, I, got, I got backup and have Danny Trejo come out. Oh, yeah, now we're talking. All right, before we wrap it up here, let's get one more plug in for Survivor's Guide to Prison. Tell us where we can find it, and also tell us where we can find anything and everything going on in the world. And did I just say this, of David Arquette? Yeah, uh, at David Arquette on any sort of social media. And then, uh, you know, Survivor's Guide to Prison, it's on iTunes, it's on uh, Amazon, and, uh, you know, it's on any digital uh, thing. So if you got DirecTV, you can order it there, or Dish, wherever. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to, everybody, check it out, please. We already took a look at it. It's awesome. And I can't even tell you how stoked this we've been for this. This has been so awesome. David Arquette, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been so awesome. One time champion. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the two man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.